Welcome to the Lab Podcast, where we empower women to use the repertoire to heal and thrive. I'm Lynn Rain. I'm Regina Chow Trammell. And I'm Yvette Latende. We are Latina, Asian, and Black professional women. There is a need for professional women to share their perspectives while navigating our roles. We cover cultural ways of thinking that shape this discussion and share practical tips for managing stress, thinking through identity, navigating life stage change, and living in abundance. This is The Lab. Hi, welcome to this episode, which will be on navigating friendships. Um, now, what I want us to to move a little bit to, and, and maybe this is part of it, as professional women, we carry a lot of roles and we're spread very thin. And, you know, here we added this emotional toll that some of us went through, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners too, right? When all these social justice issues came up that we were evaluating, right? Like, well, can't, does this person see me as a friend? And what, you know, how can they support me during this time? And um, I think sometimes friendships can be one-sided um, or they can be very demanding or end up being toxic. So um, I'm wondering, um, and I'll start with you, Regina, this time, you know, what has your experience been with this and and what would you recommend women do in these situations? Yeah, that's a great question, Lynn. And it's that's what makes it so complicated, right? Like I think what happens when we have friendships that become toxic is a couple things. I think like what Yvette said, you know, it became very one-sided and also maybe the competition. I that's that for me, I think is kind of something again, when we think about the structures of society and we have a scarcity mindset we really start to go into kind of a competitive one-upmanship, one-up womanship. <laughs> well, I'm the PT leader. Or I did this or, you know, and I just think for me, I, I've had these experiences. I really felt it, to be honest, when I started my PhD and I was finishing my PhD and I felt like I needed some support. Thank God I had my family and extent, but I would talk about it. And it was like, I would hit a wall. I'm not saying it was intentional. I don't know. I didn't really follow up with some of the conversations, but I just got a vibe a little bit. And I just wonder why sometimes as, especially female friendships, we can't cheer each other on as much because it's a threat. Maybe I don't know what it is internally for folks. I'm not saying I'm innocent of it. I, I, I correct. I, I try to overcorrect and, And I, as I think about, you know, my faith, I know there's room for everyone. That is a truth, but we tend to buy into a lie. So we start to compete on stupid stuff, right? Like instead of enjoyment of each other's beauty, right? As women, we might tear each other's down by body or how we look or accomplishments or positions or children or not having children, you know? I think that kind of toxicity of needing to form your identity and worth based on someone else's, you know, like um, struggles is really toxic and we just need to stop it, you know, just stop it. Right. Like it's just, it's not healthy for us. It's not good. So 
I just think that's my recommendation. Just stop. <laughs> like try something else. Be that cheerleader because you're going to cheer yourself on too. And we do that. Um, and I think the other thing that drives me nuts, I was talking to my friend Diana about, you know, being, having small children when, my, when our kids were small, sometimes I, I don't know if it's culturally based, you know, and you guys could speak into this too, but sometimes I feel like I get asked a lot to take care of people's children. I'm like, I have my children too. Like, what do you, what do you think I'm going to do with my kid? I, maybe this is mean. I don't try. I'm not trying to sound mean, but I'm like, why do you think I have time to take care of your children? I would love to be helpful, but I'm my priority again, it's, it's just my value of like, I care about my children. I'm not saying it's bad to ask, but we have to be at a certain level of friendship where you need to understand that that's an uncomfortable situation for me because I'm, my time is valuable too. And that's taking energy and and attention away from my kids. And so I, it's, you know, I just think there's an understanding of when we ask other women to do our labor, to do their labor for them or their family's labor, and they're not willing to have that conversation with their family, right? Don't make me, don't put me in that situation. I almost feel like it's bad boundaries. If you and your partner have to work something out, do that first before you come to me, right? You need to take care of that. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's that there's something systemic happening where we have to over rely on someone else. Okay, that was my soapbox. <laughs> you can feel the heat. I'm still working out some of these things. These have been harder situations that I've been navigating. What about you, Yvette? Wow. Um, I kind of want to go back for a minute, Lynn, to you mentioned children. And what came up to me is actually a podcast I heard recently by a psychologist talking about isolation right now and how as parents, we should be modeling for our children those one or two really deep friendships and actually going out of our way to keep those connections because isolation is so high right now. And he talked about us modeling that first and then encouraging our children to do that. And actually, I believe children actually, I'm thinking back to elementary when my daughter's teachers would pull me aside and say, "Uh, hey, Dr. Latin Day, all that stuff you're teaching your daughter about navigating friendships and frenemies, because I was sent her to school with these American girl books about frenemies and all that. They would tell me that she's actually practicing that stuff that she's already navigating complex situations with people that pretend to be her friends or talk behind her back or, and even I'm looking at that same child as a 20 year old decide not to continue relationships with people because there's a values match, right? And she'll use kind of terms like, hey, you know, that's, he's a great volleyball coach, but he's not a good person, right? Or that's a a great person, but not a good teacher. So I think even children can make these distinctions, you know, between values and priorities for themselves. Um, But getting back to kind of like what we would recommend for toxic relationships, I do think that um, sometimes it's stepping back. Sometimes it's going back to that abundance. You looking at your own value and worth. I know pre-2020, there was a particular person that I had this deep, friendship with. And the person did no work outside of this other person. So I had two friendship breakups that I was grieving. 
And one is actually a relative that I had this deep friendship with. I mean, I would fly to this person's house and babysit their children. I would, anything this person needed. And I realized after 2020, why are you doing this? I had to really step back and go, I'm trying to work for this person's value of me. Why don't you already have value for yourself? Why are you trying so hard for this friendship that is not giving you anything back? So this person was selfish. This person would never do any of the things that I would stretch myself to do. So a part of that was just self-evaluating, asking myself why. Like Lynn said earlier, why are you doing that? What are you getting out of this one-sided kind of relationship? Your, your father and mother have been telling you that you're smart and beautiful since you were three. Like you don't need that from but I wanted to, I, I thought this person was a smart person. That's another thing about me, having to get over wanting to be friends with everyone that I thought was a great person. I think you're an amazing person. Now I want to be your friend. Well, that's not real life. They're just an amazing person. They can be an associate and you can admire them from a distance. But yeah, I think, I think self-evaluating why you would continue to be in a toxic situation and asking yourself some hard questions and reevaluating. And again, some of that is tied up in gender stereotypes. We've been socialized as women to be nice, whatever that means, right? This nice thing is breaking up with a friend, nice, you know? If they called you and asked for something, aren't you supposed to just, you know, say yes, even though it puts you out, it throws your schedule off, and now your family's stranded, you know? Isn't that like an expectation of you as a woman of color? Because you should be happy that someone's calling on you or wants to be your friend. So, yeah, my recommendation is a little self-reflection. Yeah, I would agree with you, Yvette. I think that um, I think I've had different situations and I, I, I'll think, you know, I'll share some of them. I think one time I had a friend that, you know, had been we had been friends, I think, since elementary school. And I started noticing that our interactions were, it was, you know, this person was very negative and not like, you know, sure, we're all going to vent to our friends, right? And that's what friends do. We make space for each other to vent. But I think the negativity was like transferring over to me um, to the point that it was unhealthy. And I, and I had to make that tough decision of saying, I'm going to kind of distance myself from this person because this negativity is really impacting me in unhealthy ways. Um, where it's really negative, there's no, you know, ounce of positivity. And, you know, I can handle a balance, but not just one. So I think, again, that self reflection, right? It's like, we need to bring people in our lives that are going to enrich our lives and not, you know, we have to be careful. And I think kind of the topics we've been talking about, right, like self preservation and work life balance that we need to be careful what we bring into our space into our home. And I think the other piece for me that was kind of like a hard, painful uh, kind of situation is I had this friendship, again, very long time, I think since elementary school. And um, somebody pointed out to me and said, Lynn, you're their friend. They're not your friend. You know, let's do a bet. Stop calling and reaching out to them and see if if they ever call you back. And they never did. They never did. So what was said to me was true. I, I was maintaining the friendship. And I think early on in my life, when I was young, I was okay with that, being the one that carried the friendship. But 
I think you mentioned that event too. Like you want more, that's not enough for you anymore. And that isn't enough for me. And I'm respectful. I know that some people have little kids or they're working two, three jobs. I get people are busy. You don't have to call me every day or text me every day, but once in a blue moon, Hey, thinking of you, or how are you doing? Or just thought of you, you know, where, where, where you feel like you're, you know, you're in their thoughts too, that they, they keep you in their brain, right. In their hearts. And, uh, I think the other one I want to mention, like as another example is, um, I think I, I asked this question, like people that might be too demanding. So I'm someone who, who spread very thin. I have a lot. Um, and I had a friend that kept saying, you know, you never return my calls on time or every time I call you, you never pick up your phone and, you know, you take forever to return my text messages almost. And I, I started kind of feeling bad about it. And, um, and when I would try to explain to, to this person that, no, I, I care about you, but, you know, let me tell you a little bit about my crazy life. Um, they couldn't really take that in. They couldn't comprehend it, or I should say they wouldn't accept it. Um, and again, it's one of those things that if they can't see me and in the stage of life that I'm in, and if that's getting in the way, then we have to reevaluate, right? Is this a friendship that we want to maintain? Because in that case, this person couldn't see me. They couldn't see all the things that I carried and how much I was doing um, and took that as a critique of our friendship, right? That I wasn't, I wasn't pulling my end of the deal or I wasn't being the friend that they wanted. And I think it was a reevaluation for both of us, right? Because I couldn't be that friend that would answer that phone when they phone call when they called and I couldn't be that friend that would text immediately. I mean sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Um so I think it's I think adult for me, adult relationships, navigating adult relationships, kind of like a dance, right? That it needs to work for you as much as it needs to work for that, you know, other person. So we've been talking about kind of navigating challenging relationships, what to do about it. You and uh, Eva and Regina, you shared some tips. How about, um, what would you say our listeners, what are good qualities? um, What are qualities that you look for in friendships and healthy friendships? Um, I'll start with you, Regina. Oh, this is great. It's, I love this idea of a dance, Lynn, to piggyback off, because I think it is finding, I mean, I think friendships are so important, right? That's, we, we need them because they remind us of parts of ourselves. And I think the best friendships are the ones that are accepting of who you are and maybe life stage. And those friends might change every stage of our life. Um, I don't relate as well to younger moms anymore. I'm not that mom that has babies and feedings. I remember that time. I really wanted folks around at that time. But now that I'm older, I'm, I'm looking for friendships with deep conversation where we can talk about the events and um, how we want to live our lives and the philosophy of our choices. And so I, I just think some of the recommendations on like, especially female friendships is to, you know, look for people who, just like you said, Lynn, not only see you and hear you, but maybe have enough um, time in the phase of life that you're in and be realistic about it, right? Like, let's not put burdens. Oh, I want to be the friend that I want for myself. I don't want to ask folks who I know are busy to 
do things for me that I, I think I need to find other supports for, does that make any sense? I'm happy to help. I mean, there's unexpected things in health. And I hope my friends show up for me if I have health issues and I need extra help, but it needs to be a phase of life. It shouldn't be an expectation. So I want to be the kind of friend. I think that's another recommendation. I want to be that person. So I want to get better at that and a better friend to my friends and, and hopefully in some sense that attracts right people. And um, yeah, those are my tips. What about you, Yvette? Those are great tips, um, Regina. Man, I mean, so much to think about. So when I think about qualities, I mean, I have different friends for different reasons. You know, some people I connect with because I have a fun personality. Others share interest in social justice and deep kinds of issues. Um, others, um, like all kinds of things. Um, I think something that as women, professional women, we, we need to think about more is being clear about people's purpose in your life. Are they in your life for friendship or are they there because they have a need that you can feel, which is short term? Are they there because they can feel an immediate or short term need in your life? Like were you sent there as a mission to encourage them just for a season or is it a friendship? You know, I think sometimes we don't ask ourselves what the purpose is for this person being in my life. And sometimes we might jump to, I need to help them as an automatic, or we're going to be friends. And maybe that's not like a default that we should always go to. Um, being as accepting is definitely a quality. I don't think I have any friendships that I would say are not accepting. So I'm going to end today with some takeaways of kind of like, okay, what are, what qualities should we look at? Um, when we're, when we're looking at friendships, being the professional working women that we are. And I think that what I kind of to summarize what we, you know, what we shared and is that friendships definitely are important, that they should be a priority in your life, that you should look for friends that accept you and your life stage. Convert, uh, friendships that are not necessarily quality, I'm sorry, quantity of friendships, right? That we don't want many friends per se, but we want quality in our friendships, friendships that we can have deep conversations with and, you know, move past the superficial phase and, and be able to go deeper as friends and have those deep conversations. Friends that see you and hear you where you're at. Friends that have realistic expectations of you. Friends that show up during the hard times, not just the fun times. And friends that you have a shared interest and values in. And lastly, asking yourself um, and being clear about people's purpose in your life. This is the Lab Podcast, a conversation between Latina, Asian, and Black professional women. We hope you enjoyed this show. Please leave a comment in the show episode, and we'd love to hear how are you navigating friendships? What are the challenges you face? How do you keep from toxic friendships being in your life? Give us a rating on where you listen to this podcast and recommend it to your friends. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Lab Podcast, where we empower women to use their repertoire to heal and thrive.
This podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be a replacement for professional services, including psychotherapy. Please leave a comment on how this content has served you and find out how to reach us in the show notes.